The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This podcast is sponsored by Mindful Wellness. I am so excited to be partnering with Dr. Gupta. I'm actually a patient of theirs. And I am really upfront and open about my own journey. I'm on the shot myself and I'm just restarting it. I had taken a break from it and already I'm blown away by mindful wellness. Have you been considering getting on these skinny shots and going to a med spa or a gym or a salon? Are these people even licensed? At Mindful Wellness, they offer a comprehensive weight loss program that goes beyond some mysterious shot. And what sets them apart is they have licensed doctors and nurses. They have unlimited health coach appointments, monthly appointments with real doctors and nurses, and insurance in some cases can support you. Their responsive patient care team has been amazing. You can reach out to them Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. via call or text. They even have a holiday special valid through December 31st. $250 a month program only includes one clinician appointment a month and unlimited health coach appointments, insurance assistance included. And then they have a $399 month program plus compounded semaglutide. Enjoy the benefits along with the compounded semaglutide. In addition to the above, they also offer, which I'm also using, the menopause and perimenopause help. I'm telling you right now, if you live in states like 
Washington, Florida, Oregon, Texas, Illinois, New York, Maryland, Texas, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, or hello, California, you need to get in touch with Mindful Wellness today. Go to their website, mindfulwellness.com, and schedule an appointment today. That's mindfulwellness.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Wait, let me put on my glasses. What just came up? No, now I'm taking them off again. My audience knows, um, Diana, that I'm super vain. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I don't like to wear my glasses. So you might see me take them on and off. I haven't, I haven't accepted that I'm aging and I need glasses. It's a whole thing that I'm working <laughs> through. Um, Okay, so let me, before I introduce my beautiful guest, I'm going to tell you a few things. Number one, I had an extremely horrific morning of, um, of a fight with a close person. I'll say a close per, a per, somebody that's very close to me. Um, and what it did was it triggered all of my trauma, all of my stuff that I'm working through that I've gone through in my life. And I was sitting on the sofa about an hour ago going, I don't know if I can do this today. And then I, Aww. as my listeners know, and Diana knows, or will learn today, I, this podcast saves me. It helps me when I talk to people, like we're going to be talking to Diana and introducing her in a second. Um, this, all of this is somewhat selfish. I'll be honest, because every time I share a story with a brave, let me say badass, like you're about to meet it, it makes everything with me and like not sweating the small stuff, right. And living life to the fullest and all the stuff that I preach about on Instagram and my podcast, which is keep going, keep going, keep moving. You matter. And, um, I didn't really feel like I mattered after my argument this morning and it was not a fun place to be in. And my little girl, who's nine, almost 10, overheard the whole thing, and which I didn't know it would go the direction it did. And she started to cry. And, and I was like, I'm so sorry that you had to hear that. I don't want my kids to end up being products of what I was or what I was brought up to be now and what I'm trying to recover from. And I just had to say to her and give her the biggest hug and say, I love you so much. And I hope that you never have to feel the way that, you know, I was made to feel growing up and you're loved and you're safe. And I think that that's really, if you're a trauma survivor, like I am, and Diana has been through her fair share as well. It's like what you do in the moment you know, how we get through these things and we don't let it brainwash us. Cause I found that I was starting to go down that rabbit hole because this person told me I was a bad person. I'm a horrible person. And I, when people say that to me, it's all my childhood trigger, like wounds coming back to haunt me and sitting on my shoulder and going, you know, you really are a bad person. You really are a horrible person. And I listen to it. And I feed into it. And so now I'm learning that I have to put up my wall. I have to put up the walls and I have to talk to myself in kind ways. So I do my job as a parent and I continue to parent 
the, to the best of my ability so I don't pass on what I have to my kid. We've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Diana, I would like to introduce you and maybe you can give your two cents in what I just said. Diana Danielle, which is the best name ever, <laughs> is an author an advocate and a publicist. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much, Megan. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, do you have any? I, do you have any feedback to feed my wounded soul on what I just said? Well, I can. Re- I can relate. I think everyone's been in one of those situations. I can yeah. relate to feeling sad that your daughter had to experience it for mm-hmm. on kind of a variety of reasons even though there's good in it because she sees that mommy is human, that mommy's not perfect, but in a good way. And then the fact that you told her she was safe and all, you know, how you packaged it for her, it sounded like a therapist. So I say like two thumbs up. Okay, good. I needed you to say that for my ego. I talk a lot about my ego and filling (laughs) my, my wounded soul. Um, Diana, thank you so much for coming on. We both were chatting um, before I started recording and realized that I, something wasn't plugged in and I couldn't, I took an extra 10 minutes trying to figure it out. Diana also is a, is an LA lady like me and um, an, an advocate of mental health. So I'm, I love when I have somebody like you to come on and talk about your experiences. I would like to, like I always do start out with where are you from? Okay, well, I was born and raised in Huntington Beach, California, which is in Orange County, like south of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up in Huntington Beach, which is Surf City. And I went to Marina High School. I lived there till I was 18. And then I left and I went to UCLA. I got my master's at USC at Annenberg School of Communication and Journalism. I was supposed to be a TV news reporter. I ended up in public relations instead, which is what I was doing to support myself when I was trying to get a job in a smaller market. And um, now I'm writing a book. So tell me, was your childhood happy? I mean, you were obviously a little surf, little surfer girl. (laughs) Um, My childhood, I would say, as a person who's writing a memoir, who's had her own trauma by my age now, um, when I was younger, I always, you know, I loved books. I wrote books. And, you know, when I was little, I stapled them together. I did the crayons like all writers, like, you know, used to write it or rip it up so their mom won't see it. So there was all that there. But I did feel at the time that I hadn't had an exciting enough life or there wasn't enough. Like I didn't feel worthy because whenever you do feel sad or down, you tend to say, oh, but this person was abused and look what they're doing. And I'm just me. And I, you know, no, but my parents never hit me. So there was like that in there. Um, Mm -hmm. But having gone through like nine years of trauma, I feel like, you know, it really gave me something 
to write about. Um, yeah. I feel grateful for what I didn't go through as a child because they there are statistics that show like if you've been through like uh, sexual abuse by an uncle or a person, you know, those people just because the way your brain is wired and mm. you know the the way the the way they mold together and fire they they fire together, the person is more likely to have mental health issues in the future if they've had trauma in their childhood, and that's a fact. Yeah, it's called being an ace, and I happen to be one. So, um, and adver- and I talk about it a lot, adverse childhood experiences. So um, tell me a little bit about, I mean, I, I love what we're going to talk about today. So I've been doing this close to three and a half years. I love to, to be supportive of anybody that struggled with their mental health. Um but I would like for you to share your story and kind of go into some of the things you went through in your adulthood. Okay. So the, the thing that makes my mental health memoir, um, like everyone has their own unique life. We're all different, but there's all those universal truths. Before I um, went into mental illness, I had uh, chronic migraine, which is called like invisible illness or invisible disability. There was a big, huge book by an author I very much admire, Megan O'Rourke, called it The Invisible Kingdom. It's all the like autoimmune, like the things that can't be fixed right away. And then doctors just kind of poo-poo it. In fact, yesterday I read about Selma Blair. She was on Meet the Press and she told stories about how it's much more for women. Doctors are, you know, and they even can be a female doctor, mostly male doctors. When she was, they didn't know what was wrong with her. She ended up having MS. One of the doctors mm-hmm. said, well, maybe you should get a boyfriend. Like to help yeah. her with her issues or maybe like sex so- would help sounds her. About, sounds about right. So and the themes in the memoir lovely. talk about, yeah. because I know that one of my daydreams was I had something called chronic migraine. So I started passing out all around Los Angeles. We didn't know what was wrong with me. There was obviously something wrong. Um, I realized it was usually like in stores or, you know, places with a lot of people that I was doing this passing out. I was starting to see doctors. Um, But before I actually got to the doctor that might help, um, which would have been a neurologist, I had three months of passing out. I had my first migraine with the pain which lasted 11 days and didn't stop until I actually got in to see a neurologist who gave me steroids and this, you know, to, to, to stop the attack. It's like infractable or intractable. Um, and so what happened to me in my five years of invisible illness, which it's very interesting how it was healed, and both of my issues, they both have healing so we can have a lot of joy and gratefulness for that. But during Wait, that- Can t- I stop you for one second and- backpedal a teeny bit because I've never actually, I'm, I, I, I personally haven't had a migraine, um, or maybe I haven't, I don't know. No, you would know. I would know. Okay. So tell me, tell me about what the pain was. I'm sure I have a lot of listeners that have experienced migraines. Tell me a little bit more about the invisible illness before we move forward with the the rest of the story. Okay. Well, what I learned from my own experience mm-hmm pretty quickly because I had the migraine, but then I still, the migraine was over, but my head still hurt. I had the squeezing and, and I didn't know it was wrong. They gave me pills that didn't make it go away. And then I started having another big, huge one. 
And that's because my, there are two kinds of migraines. There are episodic migraines. You can have a friend that gets them like maybe six times a year, like every other month, you know, mm -hmm. that they're under usually 10 times in a month. That's called episodic. That is not what I had. I had something called chronic migraine. It took me a long time with the whole like doctors to even learn the term chronic migraine. Um, but I did. And I used to daydream about, I would go to see these neurologists. I was going through them because, you know, one doctor put me on clonopin and told me to chill out. So <laughs> imagine, and, you know, I was on it for a, a while, years, which is really, you know, can cause depression also. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, a migraine, there's a saying in the migraine community, not just a headache. So even people with episodic migraine know what a migraine feels like, and it's a neurological disorder. And what happens is, is that you have to be in the dark room in complete silence because you have photophobia, which is the light, and phonophobia, like it just hurts, like the, the sound and the light. And usually art vomiting is involved, vertigo, passing out, aura, and just this enormous, like you can't do anything but lay inert, in a bed. Um, and you don't know for mine lasted for days and days. And then I would have the hangover period. And before I was really feeling very much better, I would feel the neck, the, the strike of the match. And like the next one was starting. So it was kind of another word for it is, um, a status migranosis. It's like, you're, you're like in the headache, but it's so much so, more than a headache. That's yeah, so much more than yeah. a headache. I just wanted to go back because in case somebody didn't understand exactly what it was. And then you also brought up that they were so bad that you were passing out. Correct. Okay. So tell me about that. And they that. call that syncope. Syncope okay, is like is a doctor mean? word for syncope okay. means passing out. Oh, okay. and that's what I was doing in the stores. So what they called that looking back when I was, they didn't know what was wrong with me as it was like my, I had all the symptoms of a migraine minus the actual headache. Again, not just a headache. So I, and then after the first time I passed out at Dodger Stadium. So you may not know this, but there is like a Dodger, like trauma, ER, like there's like a place like on the 10, 7, whatever the top floor is. It's like an urgent care. And so I passed out. They got me in a stretcher, the EMTs, and they took me up there. Um, and of course the doctor who was a very good looking Dodger doctor, he, you know, it was air con it was very hot day that day. And, you know, I had the aura that like, the whole thing, but he said, Oh, cause I am hypoglycemic. And he said, I think you're just hypoglycemic and the heat and you haven't eaten much. And they gave me like a sweet soda and my kids and my husband came back and they let me go. But after that happened, it kept going like for days, I felt off and different and weird, but like I didn't go back to just being myself in an hour. It was like there. When did I hope that answered the question, which I don't remember no, what the question did. was. No, you did. What when did the when did you actually like start having these migraines? Was there a specific age that it started or well a, a lot I think one of my but they have these things called triggers. Mm -hmm. So when I um had migraines, like people would tease me on like I would if I ever did make it out to a restaurant that my food looked like hospital food because there were so many things I couldn't eat that were known as migraine triggers. Anything with tyramine, I couldn't um obviously couldn't drink alcohol, couldn't now caffeine can go either way. You can have someone with chronic or episodic migraine and a cup of coffee or a 
Excedrin migraine that's got caffeine in it, that will help you. But it can go the other way. Like some people get a massage, it helps them. I tried getting a massage. It made it much worse. You know, chiropractic, I couldn't get an adjustment because when the guy, I tried it and he cracked me and I felt the burning. I felt it start. So I pretty much tried everything when I got to the leeches. Okay, so let's go into, and thank you for answering that. I just kind of wanted to give a little back history on that. So tell me about once they got really bad and you were, I'm guessing, at a point where you didn't see like any pain, any relief to your pain. Why leeches? I've never heard of this. Well, it came up and it came up because my daughter uh, was taking piano lessons from a Russian Natasha. A, a Russian piano lesson woman. And then they said, oh, we have uh, Natasha. Some, and she would be the same. You guys could do it together. And so we were in um, piano lessons with her. And then Tatiana, the mother of Natasha, she, I would drop Dana off. I would have a migraine. And the idea of sitting there and the noise of them pounding on those keys and so I didn't, it was only half an hour. I couldn't wait to go back to bed. So I would ask, you know, the other mom who lived close to me in the passage, I said, can you drop Dana off for me? So she starts telling me this uh, very tall, blonde, Russia, she used to be a model in Russia. She de- did leeches for her face, like Demi Moore. Um, there's a more recent actress who also, I can't remember her name, that did the leeches. It, it helps your face. They get like a leech facial. So she did it for that. But she said, my friend, Irina, she can help you. You must do the leeches. And of course, I was like, no, in my mind, because as a big reader, when I was young, I would read novels where, you know, they used them and they were helpful, but then they used them in counterintuitive, counterproductive ways where I was actually killing the person because they're sucking the blood out. And so I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then a couple like weeks go by and she's like, Diana. I am not going to take Dana home for you ever again until you try the leeches with my friend Irina. So I went home, I Googled it. I'm like, what the, what do I have to lose? You know, there's nothing, I don't have a condition where that would be bad. I'm not, you know, like a hemophiliac or something. So I did it for, because why not? One of the themes in the book is never give up on yourself. I used to have, it, you always change, well, I change titles because I'm also a PR person, but when you're an yeah. emerging author, they they decide what the title's going to be, but it was called Just Say Yes, because I just kept saying, I just tried everything, and so I did that, and I remember when I went to go see her, she was, you know, telling me what she was going to do, and she was like, they hurt little when they bite down, and I just like looked at her you know, with the, with the person, with my relationship, with dire, awful, horrendous pain, them just biting down, it did not even phase me. Now, today, I still get, when they take my blood, I'm like, okay, did they get, you know, because I become a wimp again. But at the time, yeah. I was very strong. So um, they do, but they, you know, the leeches are so nice. They bite down and you can feel that. But I make it akin to like when you've just given birth, and your nipples are sore anyways. And then they want you to breastfeed your little tiny baby. And it's like, ding, like how they attach. That's like what it feels like. If you're a man, of course you will. Well, let me, let me ask you this. So the least, so first, I can't even imagine I would be terrified, but I think when you're in that much pain and you're going through all that stuff, you're willing to do anything. I'm assuming what, where did they put the leeches? Well, interestingly, 
in the, and and I did it for like five weeks. And so she had them okay. like everywhere. The picture that's in my bio for my book proposal, she has them like on my neck. But the mm-hmm. most the, the most place like fit, at least fifty to sixty percent of the time it was always on my trunk because like reflexology like they touch the ankle on the foot and it goes to your kidney. I mean this all like these places go to you know places in your head. And so tell me, so you started doing this, and what happened? Well, since interestingly, I did it the one time, um, and. I, you know, I walked home with, and what happens is, is that you're bleeding from the five or six holes, how many leeches they put on you. So then she comes in and she puts like huge Kotex pads to cover the bleeding. Cause it's like dribbling a tiny little dribble, like just dribbling out. And then she takes saran wrap and she wraps it around you to keep tight the, you know, the cotton against your skin where you're bleeding. And I called it my post-leach corset. So she gave me that. And then she wants you to take pictures to see what color and, you know, what color the blood turns. I mean, she's just like has no, completely nothing phases this woman. So I didn't have, and I haven't had a migraine since the spring of 2014, since the very first time. Now I walked around thinking like the other shoe was going to drop and I kept going back to her. I went as many times as I could. And then one day she said, no, not making another appointment for you. You, you know, I've lost, you lost enough blood. You have to take, you know, a two month break and then you can come back. And then I didn't come back because I was fine. And so I did it all the other times, but it worked from the first time. Okay. If you're watching on YouTube and you saw my face right now, I am in, <laughs> like, I almost feel like I'm in like some weird alternate universe. Don't take offense to this because it doesn't seem real. But also, let me just say on a side note, when you said that Demi Moore is getting leech, leech, leech facials, I was like, oh, okay. I might be game for that. Um, what I just, I'm in shock right now that this worked. And that it was ch- 2014 was your last migraine. You yes. did these leeches. Do, do they, like, I'm assuming they clean you. Like, how do they know they're not carrying something? That's. Oh, you get them from a leech farm. Like, you know, farm salmon. They farm okay. leeches. There's an okay, underground. And-, and do know that the National Institute of Health across the United States and mm-hmm. hospitals and ORs, they are using leeches in the ORs in America. And I, I actually, one of my friends is a, is an OR nurse. She's like a, a friend of my cousins. She is like, oh no, we do. We use the leeches, but nobody really knows about it. And I wrote an essay about, I wrote that one first and I tried to get it into Newsweek and, you know, no dice. Then I did the essay about my TMS journey to what healed okay, my mental we'll illness. talk about. Yeah. yeah. And then they took that. And then I got to know the woman. I put like th- uh, three other essays through her. And then I gave her the migraine one. So she already knew me. So I got it. But it was my hardest essay to place because the medical institutions or the New York Times or the Washington Post, nobody wants to be too close to leeches because of its past you know, about it being counterintuitive and actually harming people. And it's not, you know, like science. It's, you know, kind of googie googie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, if something's going to, and by the way, we're not telling you listeners to go right. jump into a little pond and let leeches attack you. That's not, 
it's not, we're not telling you to be in the movie Stand By Me because that's all that movie. When I was a little kid, I watched it and it traumatized me because of the leeches. But I, you know what? I'm one of those people. And I think I'm sure my, some of my listeners are too, that if something's going to work and, and it's like safe and people are doing it, why not? I mean, living in chronic pain, I've done episodes about this in the past, you know, chronic pain, not, I mean, I don't, I haven't done one about migraines, like I said, but living with chronic pain and migraines are, it's what kind of life is it to live in chronic pain like that, where you're like, I'm going to let a butt of like a worm, are they technically worms suck I the think, blood I, out they're of like my body? Brown flat worms. They're very flat. Yeah. yeah. And then they get like caterpillars because they have all your blood in their bodies when they take them off their plump. Okay. When they put them scary. on their flat. This yeah, this is getting. But yeah, I'm sitting here <laughs> going, whatever works, whatever works, Diana. So then that's incredible. So from 2014, when you started using leeches until no, we're in yeah. two thousand yeah, I had I, st- I got the migraines in May of I had my I passed out at Dodger Stadium in May of 2009, and then mm-hmm. in the spring, like April May of 2014, so almost exactly five years, I did the leeches. Okay, and then since that time, you have not experienced a migraine. No, and I still haven't. Okay, knock on wood. That's knock incredible. on wood. Knock still- on the wood. Knock on the wood. 2023. Knock on the wood. Okay. But do you still do use the leech therapy or no? No, I have never been back to Irina. I did have a friend of a friend, um, who was an author I met. She was, had a friend who had the, the migraines and I, she sent her my Newsweek essay on the leeches. She came out to my town, went to my Haruto therapist. Most people don't know, but doing leeches is called Haruto therapy. So okay. Irina helped my, helped this person who's now my friend, um, who flew out from Wisconsin. Usually like all these people called me after the Newsweek migraine. They didn't call me, they emailed me and they wanted referrals. People wanted to know where they could do it in Boston or this or that. And Irina does have a national network of people, but this woman was from Wisconsin and there was nobody doing leeches in Wisconsin. So she decided to come because um, her son was out here for college anyways and to do it with with my person. And I was like, of course, you know, come to my home, let me help you. But I was like, I was so worried it wouldn't work because I can't guarantee anything. But you know what? It has worked for her. And she says, I mean, in the beginning, she was going through that detox because I did it for six weeks and she only did one week. And so she was doing more. So she had a time of being kind of, but now she's great. And she had had them for years and years and years. I think though, because of the research that I did, I don't know if leeches would work for everybody. You know, like TMS doesn't work for everybody. Whatever, whatever doesn't work for everybody. Um, Is that if you've had them for a certain amount of years, you've taken a lot of triptans. You might be on a a proactive one that tries to keep, like they say, put the castle walls up so you don't get the migraine. They don't seem to work, but they're called preventatives. And I had IVs. I had tried everything. And so your blood gets really, you get what's called... um, rebound headaches and you can actually get a rebound headache just from advil or tylenol i mean everything sadly if it hurts you take the pain the pain pill causes the rebound headache so when the, what i didn't know why it worked really at the time but now having written about it 
I just think that my blood was so, because they go in there and they suck out all the bad blood and then your body makes new, clean, perfect, beautiful blood. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am okay. I've been doing this for three and a half years. Like I mentioned, I, my jaw is almost on the floor. This is <laughs> unreal to me. I've never heard of something like this. It's literally blowing my mind. So everyone, if you happen to be listening and you reach out, I, we'll, we'll give all of your social media at the end, but I, I mean, that's unreal. So that at that point you, you went on to to have some issues with your mental health after the migraines. Can you kind of go into that? Cause I want to get into the TMS conversation. Okay. So let's get there. So I got better that started that in the uh, spring of 2014. And then by 2015, I had like rabid, awful, terrible anxiety. Um, 
even like six months down the line. So in the fall of 2014, you would think I was still whistling Dixie because it's only been, you know, five months. I was already starting to get the heart palpitations. I, I remember going to see a therapist and she told me, you know, I had depression and anxiety. And I said, no, 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 I'm not depressed. My heart is beating outside my body. And I feel like my teeth are chattering with the heart. You know, she said, oh, no, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. And soon enough, within a couple more months, you know, I was starting to slide into the dark hole. And the truth is, I've written a lot um, about, I've written about bullying, I've written about female friendships. And because the migraines are invisible, I used to call when I had to go to my school um, to see my son was getting like, a, a, you know, accelerated reader award or whatever, or sports, he played all the team sports. And I would get myself in the middle, of, I would have to go I one time emailed the head of school and I said, can you tell me he might've won the MVP? He did not, but he could have because he was doing these touchdowns. And I, he said, no, all parents have to attend. We don't tell people. Everyone has to go, which is like a normal. And I'm saying, I'm not feeling well, but you can't see it, right? So I would do these Academy Award winning performances going, I look terrible. I would have like, you know, the, you know, the black yoga leggings, my hair's on a ponytail, no makeup, you know, but I would go didn't say much. And just being out in the world with the light and the sound when you're supposed to be in a dark room, it would exacerbate it and make it even worse. And I have a scene in the book where after he doesn't win MVP, but I dragged myself to the assembly and I'm waiting for him and I just start to cry because I'm in so much pain. And the moms are looking at me and they, they, are, they think that I'm crying because he didn't win the trophy. So there's just a lot of I did a lot of crying when I was out because I shouldn't have been out. So then I got kind of a reputation of being like erratic and emotional and kind of like skittish and weird. this, you know, I'm, but then I was trying to, I couldn't volunteer anymore at my school, which is how you get like kind of more leverage for your children. And so they had a new head of school come. So I was kind of trying to meet with him because I was worried about some things going on with my son. And a woman at the church came to me and said, and I know she did it with good intentions. She said, you know, Diana, he's married. So then okay. there was. A okay, let me stop you. I have to stop you because I need my listeners to know I, I want whatever your energy is and whatever you're on. I need some of it in my <laughs> life because you have more energy than I think any, any, but anybody I've ever met, not anybody I've ever met, but it's amazing. Um, but I do need to go back a teeny bit and ask you when this all went down and I want, I talk a ton about female friendships. Like I'm a public speaker now. And so I do this. I also do speaking and I, my listeners know I went through this horrific friend breakup and women can be so fantastic I, some of my very best friends are like my sisters and they're my family, but they can be so horrifically awful. People can be mean. People can be jealous. It all stems from insecurity, childhood trauma. Like there's a whole slew of reasons behind it. When this was all going down with your son, were you still in the period of the migraines? That's what I just want to ask. Yeah. So but what I'm, I was trying to say is I had yeah. all this kind of bullying by the other moms, loss of yeah. friendships, I thought weren't just, they, they have like a mom friendship transcends to like a really deep, like a season, a reason and a lifetime. I thought some yeah. of these people were like lifetimers. 
and they not only gossiped about me and I felt like I was a bad mother and, and I lost them and they would like, uh, but also I just, you know, I felt like people thought I was having like trying to come on to like the headmaster, the principal. Yeah. And so I read once about when you take others, you know, and I really couldn't process the pain of, of being dropped and like the different things that were happening. Cause I was so busy trying to be a good mother and wife while I was in constant pain. So I think after I got better, all of a sudden, you know, I took all the judgments and I made them my own. I, they said I was a bad mother. I felt like I was a bad mother. Like there's a chapter in my book called bad mother. And I really thought when I became mentally ill, I really thought that they, um, what's it called? The child protective services. I felt like they were going to come to my house. So one of the chapters is I'm in my son's room. He's like in seventh grade. And I, I hadn't cleaned out his closet in years because of the migraines. And so then I thought, oh, my gosh, I got a big trash bag. Nobody knows this. My husband didn't know this. My son didn't know this. I wrote it. It got, you know, and they know now. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I was putting everything in the trash bag. Um, I found his, like, first communion. I was going through his drawers looking for evidence that I was a bad mother. And I found it everywhere. I put it all in the trash bag. And then I thought, well, all the people on the Palisades, they already know I'm a bad mother. So I'm going to have to take this trash bag. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to leave the house. And I'm going to have to drive to Santa Monica and find a dumpster somewhere. Because if they come from Child Protective Services, if they see that I never cleaned out my son's closet and I never hung up the little prayer thing for my son's first communion, if they find any of these items, then they'll know. And so, and then I actually ran into a police car who I thought was following me because of the trash bag. Okay. So this is, this is all when you were like starting to get. No, now this is when I was mentally, when I was depressed, yeah, were... depression and anxiety. But, but just so you and know. And a little bit of paranoia, not like clinical paranoia, yeah. but I was, you know, I thought I took yeah. all the judgments for five years and then I put them against myself and lived that and felt. You know, like, and you feel like you're a horrible person anyways when you're depressed. The self-loathing is insane. Well, it kind of circles back to what, there's a reason I talked about it in the beginning, which is circling back to this moment. I love saying circling back, by the way. <laughs> um, I say it a lot. I don't know why. It's so weird that I say this all the time. Um, but in the beginning, I talked about, well, I start to believe these things. I start to believe the negative stuff. I went through the friend stuff too. And like I said, people would say horrible things about me. And then I would go, well, is it true? And, and so it's hard. It's hard. I, I, I can't imagine how painful it was. I also, I know the Palisades. It's a very, even though I say to my listeners a lot, we live in LA, we both live in like bubbles. So right. like there's small affluent communities in beach cities and there's quite a few of them. Palisades is one direction where I live is another direction, but there's cattiness, there's mean girl behavior, there's all this kind of stuff. So if you're already struggling with your mental health, which you were, and then having, so this all makes sense to me. And I'm, again, I'm so sorry to hear that you had to go through that. Well, I'm so glad that makes sense to you because sometimes I get interviewed and they're like, but how does the invisible illness relate to the mental illness? Like, how did it happen? And I think that I'm telling them, but they're not getting it. Yeah. I think unless you have been to the point of um, 
and I have, so not everybody has, but if you've been a, a female and I do talk to young girls and women about this now, but if you've been in a, in a friend, a friend group or a friendship group, like you just mentioned, where you think that these are lifelong friends and you trust them and you've had like fun times with them and you have all these like, kind of like hopes and dreams with a group of women that you think will be in your life. And then it's kind of taken away. You feel robbed and it kind of makes you have major, I mean, I'm talking for myself. It made me have major trust issues. And, um, and I just was talking to a dear friend of mine today about this. Um, and I trust this friend. I'm very selective with my friends now, but I told my friend, I said, um, you know, it makes me sad that I'm never going to be the Megan that I was where I was just so open to new people, you know, like now I tend to, if I meet someone new, I start to go in my brain, are they going to hurt me too? Is this going to happen again? And I pull away. If, if one thing happens, I automatically pull away. And I have to explain that to my, to my close friends. So I could see if you happen to be one of the lucky people that didn't, has never experienced something like what you or I went through, it makes sense what you're saying that they wouldn't understand it. So just know I get it and it's good to be heard. Right. And it's good to be seen. And, it's and that's why so people yeah. don't feel like they're alone. That's the gift of your podcast. Cause you're making the invisible because mental illness is also an invisible illness. Like you don't have a, you know, you don't, hair doesn't fall out like cancer. You don't have you a don't, cast You're on. not wearing, you're not wearing a cast on your arm. I say it all the time. Yeah. If you, like, I was diagnosed with complex PTSD stemming from the trauma and abuse and things I went through in my childhood. Um, I, it's, it's, you can't see my, what my brain goes through every day. We can't see what your brain has been through, but it's, it's so the stigma and that's why I do what I do. And I'm assuming you're writing your book and doing all of this stuff and talking about like the leeches and the TMS and all this stuff. So you normalize for other people that it's okay. You're not, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. I want you to know that. I want everybody out there that's listening. And I'm talking to you, Diana, as well. You're not crazy. You're okay. We're all okay. We just happen to be, have some to have a cast on our arm that's in our head that you just can't see, right? Exactly. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna reel it back in, and and I'm I'm not gonna say circle back, but I am gonna say circle. <laughs> <laughs> I need some new like words, like besides piggyback and circle back. Um, but let's go back to where you were. So you got, you were, you were putting the plastic bag of stuff, driving to Santa Monica, hit the, hit the cop car. You hit physically. No, hit I didn't hit him. He was oh, just, okay. I was driving on uh, the street North of Wilshire, the little street with like yeah. people's houses and stuff and um, condos. Yeah. It's, it's called California. So it has stop signs. So that yeah. police vehicle happened to just be, that, you know, they must have been a Santa Monica police department. They were just there, mm -hmm. right? And they just happened to be behind me. But, you know, 
as a person who feels like when I first got my license and I saw a police car, I wasn't even doing anything wrong. And I'm like, oh, they're going to pull me over. You know, so you're already have yeah. this like guilty conscience or, you know, fear. So anyways, um, I turned into an alley because I ended up putting the trash bag into a blue dumpster in this, in this, in one of the sides, one of the alleyways between, cause they're all numbered streets, like between 13th and 14th. Um, mm-hmm. and he kept driving straight. So I, he did didn't you get realize me. at that time where you like, was that kind of the time where you were like, there's something I need help or there's something wrong or oh, tell me. I about. would have to um, get the timeline, but I think that I was, I, that was probably, you know, I didn't do those things, you know, after the first six months of being depressed, I had major depressive disorder, clinical depression. I was depressed for four years. And one of the reasons why it got so bad um, is because I turned out to be, I had never heard these words and neither had my husband. I was, it's TRD, treatment resistant depression, which means that it doesn't matter how many pills that you take, how many, mm-hmm. you know, antidepressants, antipsychotics, anti-anxiety, whatever. It's like your treat, they're never going to help you get better. That's how I ended up. I did, um, first I did ECT because I ended up on a psych ward. What is ECT, ECT is like the old fashioned shock therapy, okay. um, but they made it better, you know, cause it's still seizing the brain and trying to like, jolt, it's basically trying to jolt you out of your depression, but you know, okay. got a lot of bad rap because there weren't, you know, it wasn't perfected and people like leeches, you know, I was on the psych ward. My husband came in to talk to the social worker. I had a team of doctors plus the head doctor and they were like, she's borderline uh, catatonic. I was suicidal, which is why I was there. Um, and they said she's treatment resistant, which was a new word for us. And they said she needs to have ECT. And because UCLA is a big, you know, big hospital in a big city of Los Angeles, they happen to have ECT in the hospital. If you're in a smaller town and you go to the hospital, they're not going to have a place where you can be. Like I started it still as an inpatient where they would come pick me up, put me, you know, bring me down because you have to go to sleep. And so, you know, don't, you know, just say, yes. Yeah. So I did that too. But w- the main problem with ECT and its new and improved version, which has high rates of success is that it can, it can erase your memory. So when I started waking up and not knowing what my name was or why I was here, and it was like this itching in the back of my head, like I, I knew it, but I couldn't know it. And this, like this confusion It wasn't helping me. And so I told my husband, that's it. I did it for like four or five weeks. I did it once a week for four or five weeks. And it wasn't helping. And I was starting to lose my mind in a different way. I lose the memory. So I stopped. And then the very next thing that happened was eventually I went to a doctor who offered TMS, which is what healed me. Okay. Let's talk for the sake of time, because I could talk to you all day. What is TMS? I'm sure you say that to everybody. People are so interesting. No, I, well, I do say it quite a bit. You're right. It's like like circle back. I'm starting to see these things. No, you missed circle back. Did Have I said piggyback a lot? No, no, not at all. Okay. I'm going to add piggyback. Um, so when you, so tell me about what TMS is and, and the listeners want, I know, want to know what that is. Well, uh, TMS is the abbreviations for transcranial magnetic stimulation, TMS. It was approved by the FDA in 2008 to heal depression. 
And there are other applications, migraine. It's, it hasn't been passed yet, but it heals Parkinson in Israel because their FDA approved it for Parkinson's. It can help with cognitive. Like when you're like when my mom starts losing her, like her memory, I'm taking her to TMS. So it does a lot of things, but the most, the one that's the most progressed and fabulous is the mental health, depression, and anxiety. So my friend that, one of my friends that didn't drop me, who was a dear friend and also a neighbor and practically the only one of two friends I talked to, she said she had had postpartum, PPD, postpartum depression. And she said, Mm -hmm. Dr. Sprago, he has this non-drug thing. She has five children. She did not even know the name of it. She And then she had to badger them for six weeks because his practice was closed. He specifically only works with pregnant and lactating women. So when I went, finally got in, I brought my husband because he asked me to. And then I was the only non-pregnant person in the waiting room. And the reason he had this therapy, trans, it looks like a dental chair and you lay in it and there's Netflix on and the, it taps against your skull. And it's the same magnetic, re, you know, t- uh, an MRI is called magnetic reasoning image. It's mm-hmm. that same technology, but in this setup to what you do in an MRI, they're doing it, but they're like, it basically taps on the prefrontal cortex. It taps on the ones there are no lights on because you're depressed and it brings it back. And it's the circuitous thoughts and you're hating yourself that makes your depression worse. And more and more lights go off, the more, you know, you hate yourself, et cetera. Anyway, so um, when I have an exciting thing that I want to get in. So I did it for the regular pro- protocol it is like five or six weeks. I think it's five weeks every single day for 30 minutes, five days a week. You get the weekends off and you do that for five weeks. Um, <clears throat> and it, it healed me. And at that time, it had like a 60% healing, um, you, like 60% chance that it will heal you. Uh-huh. Now it has been raised to 80. And the, um, the team at, the, at Stanford University, Stanford Medical, at the um, Brain Stimulation Lab, they said, what would happen with the protocol if we just did it multiple times in one day, but if we shrunk it to five days instead of five weeks? And they did that. It not only worked, it was more effective, and now it's 80% effective. So I am part of, I was asked to be on the board of the Foundation for the Advancement of TMS, and we're trying to get the word out. Um, And another thing that's dear to my heart, having, um, when she was 15, one of her friends, you know, threatened suicide, she's now 16, if she wanted to get, she too could be treatment resistant. I would love for the FDA to approve it for those under the 18. Also the youth oh. mental health crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's that. that. So this is, I've heard of this, but I don't know if my listeners have, but I think that this is amazing and, and why not? I mean, we're having, we're in a, a mental health crisis in our country. Our suicide rates are the highest they've ever been in the history of our, of our country and world, worldwide, um, especially with the youth. So what, tell me, was, is there any, like, how quickly did you start to feel better through the treatments? Cause I know now you're saying five days they can do this. Am I wrong? Now that it's, it's, it, it's uh, called Saint and the S stands for St- Stanford advanced, uh-huh. you know, the spelled Saint, like an acronym. And that's okay. the five day protocol, which is even more effective. So it was even better when they shrunk it. And there's a company who's trying, you know, it's got FDA approved and they're trying to roll it out so that people can actually get it. They're still doing 
open label optimization, OLO trials, like a little more research because it was so suddenly successful for everybody. It was almost like unethical to continue because some people weren't getting anything. And then the people that were getting it were like, you know, zippity doo dah. Mine wasn't like that. I was fine with mine. mine it's covered by all major medical. So um, if you have insurance, the problem with the TMS is that it takes a long time. I wasn't working. I was privileged to have, you know, babysitters for my kids and I was able to do it. But if you're working and being depressed or if you have like yeah. childcare issues and you come from a lower income or if, if you don't have insurance, it's going to be hard to access the treatment. So the board I'm on is trying to increase accessibility for, for all people. So tell me, are they, um, as far as, um, as far as getting this approved, so insurance you're saying is not approving it, but is this starting to be available all across the country? Some well, insurance. The, the five day protocol is available and covered by insurance. And that's what I did. What's okay. coming down the pike that, you know, it's already gotten press. I mean, I found out about it on the, it was on the today show and like my sister called and she's like, you have to watch this. They're doing your thing and they're doing it on the today show. It's going to be in the next hour. Um, but that isn't, you can't really, it's, you can't really get it anywhere yet because it's just been approved by the FDA and people have to start doing it. There is a open label in LA and they're doing, um, they're doing it and they're finished enrolling. They're already doing it, but they were enrolling. You could have gotten the saint in because so it's just easier for people to get the time. If you work, it's easier to get a week off. You could just take your vacation time, but it's hard when you're trying to do it every day for five weeks. What about like somebody like there's several, um, like major depressive disorder. Um, there's, uh, what is it? Um, not obsessive, comp oh, borderline personality disorder, which is, um, treatment resistant. So you, it, it's, there's certain, um, mental illnesses that are treatment resistant. Is this, do you know the answer of this is helping across the board? Well, I do know that it was approved in 2023 also for obsessive compulsive disorder Obs or yeah. it's just called OCD. Yeah. Um, and I guess that can be very debilitating. I don't it have is. a lot of, no, I don't have a dear friend who has OCD, but a friend of mine does. She goes, mm -hmm. oh no, it's terrible. And so now it's approved and you can treat it and you can alleviate. I don't know if it, I don't know about OCD. Like I'm walking around, my family's like, oh my gosh, you're like 110%. You know, because I'm like, yeah. I'm writing this book. I'm telling the world. No, the the person I know that I actually had on my podcast with OCD, um, he's doing great, but I'm actually going to reach out to him and tell him about this um, and to listen to this episode. So just for the sake of time, because I could talk to you forever. I love your energy. Like I said, where can my reader or my readers, where can my listeners, sorry, I was trying to plug your book. That's good. Is your book already out or is it coming out? No, I, no, the book is not out. I'm still, okay. I'm writing my book proposal because when you have a nonfiction book, cause it's a memoir, you have to write the nonfiction book proposal to get the publisher to get it published. Yeah. So okay. it's not there yet, but I'm, I'm, you know, actively at work, you know, through the advancement of clinical, I speak, you know, I'm speaking in places, I'm speaking in London, um, in 2024 about this because I'm like the side of the patient. I'm like a patient advocate because I can only be an advocate for TMS because it worked for me and I can share my story as you share yours. And you're doing well now. 
Yes, like 110%. But do know, like my friend that had PPD, she did TMS. She's never done it again. She's fine. But there is, there are records of that, you know, you have to kind of do it once a year, once every three months. Like you have to kind of keep it spruced up. Um, so, but you also have to keep going you know, see a therapist once in a while. I keep your life online. Like I really respected when you said, I still have my own struggles. The trauma's mm -hmm. still there. It's complex. I still go see a therapist. You know, I was on a different mental health podcast. It hasn't come out yet because he had to go back into intense therapy and he hasn't edited it. And it's, you know, and he goes, I want to do a one with me. I want to just talk about what I've been through and how I was able to overcome that. So, yeah. Well, I am so grateful. I loved meeting you today. I loved your story. I think you're an inspiration. Um, I am grateful that I got off the sofa and had this conversation. I think it's much needed. And there's a lot of people that listen that I think are going to be very grateful that they're learning about your story, especially the leeches. Aside from TMS, the leeches, I'm like, I had no idea. So, and you know, it's so, it's so inexpensive. I mean, there's no need for insurance. It's, it, it, yeah, I don't remember how much it was, but it was not a lot. Okay. So well, it makes it accessible. And there are people in a whole network that my, um, my lady who has a company called laleeches.com, you could look up her thing. Um, but she knows people across the country who are all doing this. Haruto therapists. Haruto therapists. Well, I just am very, very grateful to have met you today. I'm excited to be in touch and go to lunch. Yes. And um, in closing, everyone, um, keep going. You matter. Your story matters. I like to say that a lot um, on Instagram. So if you want to follow me, I'm at Judging Megan. You can also check me out on my website, judgingmegan.com. I am also writing my book. I have no idea when that will ever come out because um, I, it's very hard for me to sit down and do it. I, I'm a professional procrastinator, but I always appreciate all of your reviews and um, I love you as an audience. I love my listeners. I'm just forever grateful to all of you. So thank you again. And thank you so much, Diana. In closing, be happy by making other people happy. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.